You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Concussion Doc, episode number 47. Uh, first thing is this week is Mental Health Week in Canada. The hashtag is hashtag get loud um, to talk about what mental health really is. This is a blurb from mentalhealthweek.ca. Uh, mental health is a state of well-being and we all have it. We might have a mental illness and we might not. Either way, we can all feel well. We can all have good mental health. It is about having a sense of purpose, strong relationships, feeling connected to our communities, knowing who we are, coping with stress, and enjoying life. And it's never too early or too late to get there, but it's not just about what you do for yourself, by yourself. Everyone needs healthy and supportive places to work, live, and learn. For more information, check out mentalhealthweek.ca. Use the hashtag getloud. Obviously, mental health is a huge component of concussion and concussion recovery. We've covered this extensively in previous podcasts. Uh, If you want more coverage on mental health and concussion recovery, check out the the talk we did for Bell Let's Talk Week. I think that was back in February, I believe on February 6th. No, no, wait, when was it? January, January 30th is when we did it actually. Um, Check it out. Um, that's when that day was and we talk a lot about mental health there today what I want to talk about though is helmet sensors or other types of accelerometers or sensor technology for detecting concussions on the playing field many of you may have seen the news story that came out particularly if you are in Canada I'm covering another Canadian story for all my Canadian people but uh, last week there was a story came out all over the media that Dalhousie University football players get smart helmets that measure hits and detect concussions. Is this true? Can we have sensors that actually can detect concussions? Um, And does this headline um, actually ring true? Um, So first off, just to understand what a concussion is, we've already covered this extensively as well, but concussion is due to acceleration or deceleration of the brain within the skull. And so the idea behind these sensors is to put sensors on the helmet and as the head undergoes this acceleration is actually to measure that acceleration or deceleration so that if that hits a certain threshold that we think concussion occurs at, it can help us to detect whether or not that person has undergone enough trauma to suffer from a concussion injury. Usually what's measured is G-forces, and that's for linear acceleration. So G-forces is uh, the force of gravity, 9.6 meters per second squared or something like that, 9.3 meters per second squared. I can't remember what it is, but anyway, that is a G. That's typically what these forces are measured in, and typically the sensors are calibrated to um, come on and detect any force that's above 10 Gs. Okay. Also measured in rads per second squared. Rads per second squared is to measure rotational acceleration. Now, there's some theory that says that concussion occurs more easily due to rotation than it does to linear acceleration, but um, the reality is that most are gonna involve some component of rotation and some component of linear acceleration because you're never gonna really get a hit that's exactly straight on, um, or at least it'd be more rare in that scenario. So. 
the idea behind these devices, and these have been around for a while in the research world, but you'd have a whole team full of, let's say, football players or hockey players or whatever, but they would have these instrumented helmets, which are extremely expensive. I think Dalhousie is trying to raise $40,000 just to outfit their team with these helmets. Uh, they're $500 a pop. And all the helmets are connected through an interface that would be usually on the sidelines where you know medical personnel or training staff would be able to see kind of real time what the hit data was for anybody now given a sport like football where there's a lot of action happening simultaneously right at the line of scrimmage where everyone kind of you know comes in together you don't really know as a sideline spectator or a sideline medical personnel if any significant impact has occurred because you're crowded by everything else that's going on. So in a sport like football, it makes sense to try and have some sort of technology to help you have a little bit more insight into what's happening on the field. So we, make, we can measure acceleration. We know that acceleration causes concussion. You know, pretty genius, right? But is it as good as it sounds? There's a few problems with this, okay? So these types of sensors first came out in a program called the HIT system or the Head Impact Tele Telemetry System. This has been used in re uh, research for probably about 10 years now. Um, and we've been able to kind of establish some threshold ranges for where concussions occur. And that um, in millions and millions of hits that have been done on this, we found that concussion typically occurs between 70 and 120 Gs of linear acceleration and anywhere between 5,000 rads per second and 10,000 rads per second squared. These are huge ranges and this is where the problem lies because everyone is different. Some people may get concussed actually below that 70G threshold mark. Some people may be able to take 120 G's and not get a concussion. So when you're looking at a, a hole and you're looking at millions of impacts or you're looking at millions of people, we can say that on average the range is somewhere in this position. Somewhere between 70 and 120 G's of linear acceleration, okay? But if you're now using that as your benchmark, this starts to create problems because what happens if a player who has a very high threshold for injury let's say they're able to take hits above 120 G's and they're gonna get 120 G impact or even a 90 G impact. Well, their sensor is gonna trigger that they should be evaluated. So now you're gonna be pulling players off of the field potentially needlessly because they don't have any type of injury but the sensor has been tripped and now we're bringing that person out of the game for evaluation. I don't really care about that one as much. I think that one is, is fine. I would rather be more cautious, right? Who cares if the person doesn't have an injury? Let's get them off the field and get them evaluated either way. But where this becomes more of a problem is let's say a player gets hit and is experiencing symptoms, but the impact only registers 50 Gs. Well, now that is going to weigh onto the minds of the sideline personnel where they're going to say, actually, you're below injury threshold, so you're probably fine, and you're going to send that person back out into sport. That's where it gets a little bit dangerous because we don't know what the individual variability is of every player that's going to be on that team. Right now, the way to do this properly would be to have some incorporation of machine learning where you can start to actually develop individualized threshold markers for people. But that takes a lot of work and time to get to that point. 
Now I will say this, that the Dow being, you know, a university football program, they're going to have sideline medical personnel. They're going to have, you know, physicians and athletic therapists on the sidelines that are going to be able to, you know, perform an assessment and actually be able to confirm or deny the diagnosis has occurred. And my bet would be that they're using this a lot for just a research purpose, which is really what these tools are meant for at this point in time. These should not be considered to be commercially available products where your you know, your high school football team that has no medical sideline personnel should be looking at getting instrumented helmets because you don't have anyone that can confirm or deny that that diagnosis actually occurred. So the fact that this headline reads that these helmets detect concussions is actually incorrect. The helmets can detect acceleration the helmets can detect g-forces or rads per second squared for rotational acceleration values but they cannot detect concussion and that's where this type of stuff is completely misleading to people because everyone thinks oh if i get this cool new mouth guard sensor it's going to tell me when i have a concussion no it's going to tell you when you've exceeded a certain g g-force threshold or a certain rotational acceleration threshold but what is that threshold when does that sensor get tripped and then how does that factor into who you are as an individual and does that actually did that actually cause a concussion we don't know you have to be assessed but you're going to have people that don't have concussions getting upset because they're getting pulled out of the game needlessly and that's going to create some problems um, that one again i don't care about because i think it's better to be more safe than less safe but you're also going to have people that are having symptoms of concussion where a coach who doesn't know enough is going to say your your sensor didn't go off get back out there and go play. Well, now you're sending people with concussion symptoms back into the game, and that becomes the big, big issue. So we don't have sensors that can detect concussions yet at this point in time. Again, you have, you're talking about a university football program that has medical personnel on the sidelines that's able to corroborate what the sensors are finding. Um, and so I think we should really just take this with a grain of salt, and I don't think we should all be looking to get sensors and outfit our team with these sensors because without having you know, I'd rather you spend your money on the medical personnel that's going to be on the sidelines to be able to diagnose it rather than the fancy technology that's just going to trip you off onto uh, G-force thresholds without giving you any type of context as to whether or not a concussion has occurred. Okay. Um, the other problem is that the sensors are in the helmet. Just because the helmet moves doesn't mean the head has moved to the same degree. I've seen a ton of football plays and a ton of hockey players where the player gets hit and the helmet actually pops off of the head, right? The helmet and the head are two separate things. So you could get hit in the face mask and it spins the helmet around but your head stays still. Uh, that's not going to really tell you how much acceleration has happened through the brain because in order for the brain to move, the head's going to have to move as well and just because the helmet moved doesn't mean the head has moved to the same degree. So this is where the disconnect between helmet and head becomes a problem for these sensors because you can have a massive acceleration in a helmet and not have the same degree in the head. So I think for these types of things, the thing that's probably going to be most valuable is something that's fixated to the head itself, some way to measure that. Now there's you know devices where you can put on the skin on like the mastoid processes and things like that. The problem with that is those are usually like one-time use stickers that only have one little accelerometer in it where you need more you need some triaxial accelerometers multiple of them so they can measure different degrees of freedom and different planes of motion um, right that's why the helmet is valuable because you can put a number of accelerometers within it and not affect the structure or the function of the helmet itself mouth guards 
Um, I think that's great because it's fixated to you know the upper part of the mouth, which is fixated to the rest of the cranium. Any type of movement happening there is gonna move the entire head itself. But again, the problem with the mouth guard is you're only gonna be able to get a couple sensors in there at most, and you're not gonna get the same degrees of freedom and the same um, measurement values you would from multiple accelerometers inside a helmet. You're gonna have more cost effectiveness uh, being in the mouth guard. You're gonna get more um, accurate data according to actual head motion versus the helmet, but you're going to get less accurate data because you don't have the same number of accelerometers in the mouth guard. It's just um, until we can make these little miniature ones, um, I think it's we're just going to have problems with that. And you know, I think technology will catch up. I think we'll be able to do this very effectively, but we still run into the problem that what happens, and I've seen them where they have a little light on them or something like that. It's connected to a smartphone app, you know, so the coach or whoever can see older players and then boom Johnny gets hit the sensor goes off you know they're gonna pull Johnny out of the game but again we still have the same problem what is Johnny's threshold when does Johnny get a concussion versus when does Sally get a concussion and if those two devices have the same threshold for injury and those are two different people you're gonna be making different decisions based on data that really doesn't matter right and that is the point I'm trying to make so in summary these are research tools only. I don't think they're, they're ready yet for commercial use. The only time I would say that they can be useful for commercial use is if you have some sort of medical you know, system in place to confirm or deny whether a concussion has happened. You can't be putting all your faith into a light bulb on a mouth guard or a sensor on a helmet as to whether or not a concussion has occurred and whether or not you should remove somebody from the game or not. This is where there's gonna be a massive amount of liability placed on these companies. People are gonna sue these companies for making the wrong decision. So again, these are tools in the toolbox. If you wanna use it as part of a broader strategy, make sure you have people there that can actually corroborate whether or not a concussion has occurred. I'm talking sideline therapists, I'm talking healthcare professionals that have some objectivity that can actually run some sideline objective measures and confirm or deny whether or not a concussion has occurred. Don't just put everything into whether or not a light sensor has gone off because there are challenges with this technology. I thought it was timely given that release came out and we do get a lot of questions on sensors uh, and things like that. So. Um, that's my take on that as it is. Again, things are evolving, things are always improving. Um, we are in talks with some companies that do this stuff, but that is because we also have the medical side of things covered, so we can actually work together with them to have um, you know, a full comprehensive program. So I will kind of throw that out there. Anyway, see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on episode 47. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.